patients and families are Stoughton Hospital's number one priority. To provide trusted health information to our patients and community, we present Stoughton Hospital Health Talk with Melanie Cole. Well, you've heard the word diabetes in the media nearly every single day. But do you really understand what it is, its complications, and what it means for a long, good quality of health? My guest today is Dr. Dean Kresge. He's family medicine physician at the Stoughton Dean Clinic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kresge. So tell us a little bit about the two types of diabetes and what symptoms we might see that would signal a red flag that would get somebody to the doctor. Well, there, there are actually four types of diabetes, but two are the most common. There, there's the type 1 type of, uh, diabetes that used to be called juvenile diabetes, and the type 2, which used to be referred to as adult-onset diabetes. The type 1 diabetes is, is a more serious condition where basically the person's uh, system for making insulin fails. Their beta cells do not make insulin anymore and they can become quite ill quite quickly. And typical symptoms with type 1 diabetes would be increased thirst, increased urination, loss of weight, appetite goes away, um, abnormal growth pattern in children, infections become more common. And in the severe uh, form of type 1, people become sick to the point they have to be hospitalized with vomiting, um, and uh, inability to really uh, retain fluids and can go into a coma. So the type 1 is, is very severe, usually fairly um, intense onset that becomes quite obvious. The person is quite At what Ill. age? What typical age well, does type 1, I, would we I, notice those symptoms? Well, we really don't call it type 1 anymore. Bec- or We call it type 1, but we don't call it juvenile onset anymore because age... Um, doesn't really determine type 1. You can have type 1 at any age. Uh, Type 2 is more likely to occur as an adult. So if you develop diabetes as a child, it's going to be the type 1 type most often. But you could be elderly and develop develop, uh, type 1. Well, sure, because we're seeing type 2, and as you said, it used to be called adult onset, but now with this obesity epidemic we're seeing, I know that we're seeing type 2 even in children as young as 9. So these symptoms that you've described mostly for type 1. Now, what about type 2? So if you're an adult and you're sedentary or you've been told that you might be pre-diabetic, what are some things you would notice? Well, again, probably a milder form of what you would see with type 1. You'd be more thirsty and urinating more often, trying to get rid of the extra sugar. Uh, You may actually gain weight uh, with type 2 or or not have the weight loss that you would see with type 1. Blurred vision, you can see in both types of diabetes, the sugar affects how you see and and will affect the shape of your your lens structure, cornea somewhat. and, and the infection thing, getting frequent infections don't, that uh, do not clear as quickly as they used to, uh, those would be symptoms that would be common with, with type 2. So then if you get those and you go to see a doctor, how do you determine that they have diabetes? Is it simply a blood test to check glucose levels, or how do you determine somebody has it? Well, it really is based on a blood test, and there are two types of blood tests that you do. One is a fasting uh, blood 
uh, sugar or blood glucose. The other is a, a test called a hemoglobin A1C. Generally, actually, the diagnosis is based on the fasting blood sugar. It's the first test you do. And if your blood sugar is over 126 um, on several tests, uh, you probably do have a form of diabetes. This would be without having eaten for a, a period of time, uh, truly fasting. And then there's a blood test called a hemoglobin A1C. That's used more for monitoring how well your diabetes is controlled. However, we do use it somewhat to, um, to help support a diagnosis of, of diabetes. So what's so the first thing you would do with someone, Dr. Kresge, if you do diagnose them as, as diabetic, or if you've told them that maybe they are pre-diabetic and it's something they you need to really keep an eye on, what do you do for them? Do they start with medication? Do they start with lifestyle? What's the best treatment? It depends a little bit probably on how high that sugar is. If the uh, fasting blood sugar is less than 250 uh, you would start with diet and exercise and weight loss. Uh, pre-diabetics um, who have blood sugars between 100 and 126, basically, if they lose 7% of their weight, um, go on a diabetic diet and exercise, often will not go on to become diabetic. And those, again, with a, a lower fasting blood sugar, less than 250 is often used. Uh, diet, exercise, weight loss uh, may be all you have to do. Okay, so it's it's a lifestyle thing, truly. Now, not necessarily for type 1 diabetes. Tell us a little bit about insulin and what is that meant to do? For the, for the listeners, Dr. Kresge, explain to them about when they see people and hear about insulin shots, what those even are intended to do. Well, insulin is a, a normal um, chemical within the body that allows sugar to get into other cells. So it, it's, it's kind of a key to allow sugar to get into muscle cells and fat cells and the rest of the body. So in type 1 diabetes, um, the individual no longer has any insulin. So the blood sugar stays within the bloodstream, can't get into the cells, and that leads to the problems. In, in type 2 diabetes, uh, the insulin isn't as effective as it used to be for a number of reasons, uh, obesity, uh, family history, um, lack of exercise, uh, sedentary lifestyle, all that uh, will make your, your cells less sensitive. So as a result, the insulin you have isn't as effective and your blood sugar will increase. So an individual type 1 definitely needs insulin or they will um, succumb and, and die from their diabetes. Type 2 diabetics will not need insulin right away, although many of them will, probably the majority will eventually. When you have type 2 diabetes, the cells that make the insulin are at a lower level probably when you first have um, the type 2. So you do have a lower level of insulin, and over time you make less and less with type 2, and, and that's why a lot of people with type 2 do end up on insulin eventually. But there are medications in type 2 that will make your uh, cells more sensitive to the insulin that you are making, so you would not need insulin right away. Uh, when you do receive insulin, again, it's a natural product that allows sugar access to your uh, muscle and uh, fat cells and other cells. So when you have to go on insulin, you're really replacing a natural product that just is not at the correct uh, level or at the level it's at is not enough to uh, to do that. 
One thing people seem to get confused about, we all know exercise is good for everyone, not just diabetics, but exercise has an insulin-like effect. It's something that can help you regulate those levels. But what about diet, Dr. Kresge? People get very confused. Diabetics say, I'm not allowed to have that piece of bread, or I'm not allowed to have that particular grain. It's got too much sugar. Clear up just a little bit the diet recommendations that you recommend for your diabetics. Well, you'll hear a lot of people think that sugar caused them to have diabetes, that eating sugar was a cause of their diabetes, and that's really not the case. Um, but sugar, again, is, is the problem in the bloodstream. So if you're, you're eating the pure sugars, refined sugars, um, so the, the sweets uh, of the world will you know, add more blood sugar to your uh, bloodstream. So those um, need to be moderated and decreased in the diet. Complex carbohydrates are usually recommended. These are slow-release sugars, and they won't result in um, a jump up in uh, your, your blood sugar as much as the pure sugars would or the straight sugar. Um, well, I'm glad you other... pointed that out. I'm glad you pointed out the difference between the complex carbohydrates. People hear the word carbohydrate, and right away they say, I can't have that, So you know, because I'm a diabetic. So we just have about a minute and a half left. Give your best advice for people with diabetes or people that have been told they might be pre-diabetic and why they should consider coming to Stoughton Hospital for their care. Well, diabetes, very common disease um, that does have very severe complications, which we did not get into. It increases your risk of heart disease, greatly stroke, damage to nerves, damage to your eyes, damage to your kidneys. It can be, can be treated, it needs to be diagnosed, and you need to be um, on a complete program that will involve uh, physicians, pharmacists, nurses, ophthalmologists, all, diabetic educators, a lot of people to control it. So although it can be treated as some, somewhat complicated, there are things that need to be done when you have diabetes that are outside the sugar, which means there are things that will make your diabetes much more damaging to you, including things like smoking, high blood pressure, high cholesterol and lipids, those in combination with the sugars are much more damaging to uh, the organs that we mentioned. So coming to Stoughton Hospital, uh, you would be, or to the Stoughton Healthcare Community, you would, you know, the diagnosis would be made, um, a plan would be laid out for you, which would in involve certainly your participation in diet and exercise, and that would be explained in more detail. And then the medications would be started when necessary and um, generally, people are seen every six months when they have diabetes because of all the uh, life-threatening complications that can um, eventually uh, uh, come to pass if, if things are not controlled adequately. It's great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Kresge. And it's important to keep your relationship with your family physician at Stoughton Hospital so that you can get really the best care for your diabetes. You're listening to Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. For more information, you can go to StoughtonHospital.com. That's StoughtonHospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.